Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. I want to talk to you about the heart of a giver this morning, and, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. This, is, this passage that we're digging into this morning is at the beginning of a message that is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, in Matthew 5, it says that, that the crowds came, and, and so what he did was he went up onto, onto the mountain, the side of the mountain, and he sat down and he began to teach everyone. And this is actually the longest uh, sermon that we have from Jesus in, in the scriptures. It's, it's goes, it starts at the beginning of chapter 5 in Matthew, and it goes all the way to the end of chapter 7. And so in the middle of this message, I mean, Jesus gets into a ton of things. I mean, this, this passage, these three chapters could be a, a series all inside of themselves, maybe multiple series all inside of themselves. But Jesus talks about the types of people that God blesses. He talks about our purpose. He talks about His purpose for coming. He talks about anger, adultery, divorce. He talks about vows, revenge, loving your enemies, how to pray effectively. He talks about fasting, not judging others, how to treat people. He talks about false teachers, what a true disciple looks like. He talks about obedience. I mean, come on, that's a lot of stuff. But he also talks about giving. And that's where we're parking this morning. Giving. And we're going to be kicking off a new series called In God We Trust. But like question mark, in God we trust? Like the question, because I think what's ironic is, you know, we know, we know the phrase in God we trust, right? It's on our U.S. currency, and, and, and that's what we thought was so ironic about that statement, and, and even this theme for our series, in God we trust, that it's printed on all of our money, but what is the one thing that we often have a really hard time trusting the Lord in? Money. Giving. Giving our money to the Lord. You know, and, and I thought, wow, what, what an ironic statement. As a staff, we were just like, this is such a good series name. Like, in God we trust? Like, really? You know, asking ourselves that question. Do we trust God with our finances? Do we trust God with our money? And so I... Uh, Without, I did get the approval afterwards, but I kind of, I kind of did a little, it was like a prank, not a prank, but it was for, it's for a good purpose. I took a little video of my kids and, um, and I think it's going to help us really set the tone for this giving series as we start off. So we're going to, we're going to take a little look at this video and I'll explain everything afterwards. All right, guys. You guys excited? Yeah. Yeah? All right. I'm going give to you, give you these two bags. All right? You take one, Judah. Okay? You take the other. I love this it. is a gift from Mommy and Daddy Happy to Day. you guys. Early. Early Valentine's Day. Go ahead. Open it up. Open it up. Quick. What is it? What? What is it? 
Is that awesome or, or no? Yeah. We, we blindfolded. The, the big ones are real. What big ones? The big presents? Yeah. Oh, like these. Oh, are these not presents? Yeah, they're not. Why aren't, why aren't they presents? I already had this one. Yeah, me too. Wait, so you guys already had these toys? Hmm. So it's not, you're not surprised or super excited to get a toy that you already own? The big bags. Oh, you want the big bags. Yeah. <laughs> I just took toys that they've had for pretty much their whole life. So that bunny was, I mean, you could see it's, it's, it's a ratty little thing. Uh, we actually bought a replacement and, uh, she could tell the difference because of how ratty the one was. We lost it, and we're like, oh, no, she doesn't have her bunny. We need to get So I'm like Amazoning, like getting the same bunny. I'm like trying to find it everywhere. We get it in, and it's like sparkling clean. And we gave it to her, and she's like, this is, this, is not, this is not bunny. This is fake bunny. So that's what she calls it now. We've got two of them. This one that's super ratty, that's real bunny, and then we have fake bunny. So she's had that since she was an infant, right? That was something we put in her crib with her. And then Judah had that Paw Patrol toy since he was like two. And so they open up this gift, and they're, they were really kind, actually. I was really proud that they were like, Dad, like, what are you doing? Like, they were like, yeah, Dad, this is nice. Like, but their look was like, why are you giving me something that already belongs to me? When we think about giving from the very beginning, we have to recognize God is not impressed by you giving him something that already belongs to him. All right, that, this, is, this is essential. This is critical. Because sometimes we view our money as our money. But everything that we have is the Lord's. So I wanted to show you a few scripture verses. Look in Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's everything, right? He created everything. Now, I want you to think about the money that we keep in our pockets. Some of us maybe don't. We keep a card instead. But did you know that money is made of cotton and linen? That's why when you put it in the wash, it doesn't actually shrivel to nothing. It's made of cotton and linen. Do you, know, do you know where cotton and linen come from? Plants. Do you, do you know who made plants? God. So everything that we have money-wise is from God. He's created. You wouldn't have a dollar bill unless you had the plant that God created. Everything in heaven and in earth comes from God. Just to further support this point, Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they were thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. Job 41.11, God declares this about Himself. He says, Who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Everything under heaven is mine. One translation says, who is the first one who gives to me that I need to pay them back? There has never been anyone who could ever give anything to God because he's already created everything from the start. Psalm 50, 
Verse 10, all the animals of the forest are mine. I own all the cattle on a thousand hills. And if you're thinking right now, why are a bunch of cows on a bunch of hills really important? At the time that that's written, that's like the symbol of status, wealth. If you had cattle, if you had livestock, that was, that was wealth. That was a symbol of status. So, so God's saying, look, everything and anything, it's mine. So we're going to ask a few questions this morning, but I, I want us to get, you know, because now the question is, all right, everything belongs to God. Why am, I, why am I giving? It already belongs to him anyway. Why do I have to give? Because God cares about your heart. That giving, God doesn't need our money, but God wants your heart. He cares way more about why we give than what we give. He's not after your stuff. He's after your heart. And so I want to I ask three questions this morning that I think is really going to be helpful to gauge where our heart is at in, in giving. Three questions. You know, let's just say it's, it's inventory. It's, we're, we're taking inventory of our hearts this morning. And I think these are three questions that you can continually ask yourself, not just today, but every day of your life, every time that you give, you can ask yourself these three questions. The first is, why am I giving? All right, we're talking about the heart of a giver this morning. And when I say the heart of a giver, I'm talking about the kind of giver, the heart of a giver that God desires. So we ask ourselves, why Am I giving? Let's read. We'll pick it up. Matthew 6, verse 1. It says, Take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. All right, so Jesus is about to go into teaching about giving, teaching about praying, and teaching about fasting. In verses 2 to 4 of Matthew chapter 6, he talks about giving. In verses 5 to 15, he talks about praying. And 16 to 18, he talks about fasting. But before he jumps into that, he, he prefaces the whole statement. Don't practice your righteousness in the sight of other people to be noticed by them. What is the message overall? When we act and do things to be noticed... We have no reward in heaven. I just got to, we got to say it one more time. You got to let it sink in. That if you are giving to be noticed by other people, there will be no reward for you in heaven. That is, that is a crazy warning. That is a weighty statement that Jesus just gives. Let's pick it up in verse 2. So when you give to the poor, don't sound the trumpet. That, that phrase, sounding of the trumpet, you know, a, a lot of people have different opinions of what that actually means. Some think that there was actually a trumpet blast uh, in, in those days that they would blast and, they would, and it would call the people to almsgiving. Some think that it was the, the sound 
of the, the change, the coins being dropped into, it was a, a horn-shaped vessel that people would put the money into, and, and it would create this loud clanging noise. And so you could imagine the person, you know, it reminds me of the widow with the two mites who she just threw a couple mites, these little tiny coins into, and it, you know, what kind of noise does that make? Opposed to the person who's dumping in, hey, everybody, look at this. I'm super righteous, you know, drawing attention to themselves. And, and so they believe that it could have been that, where they're, they're putting in a lot of money in it and, and the, the sound of the change hitting in the bottom of that horn-shaped vessel would resound throughout the synagogue and people would look and they would see their gift. Others believe that this is Jesus metaphorically starting the term, don't toot your own horn. I'm not even kidding you. I legit read that in a commentary. It was awesome. I was like, I have to put that in the message because somebody actually put that in a commentary. Don't toot your own horn. He says, when you give to the poor, don't sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so they'll be praised by people. You know that word hypocrite? It came from, it's a Greek word. Hypocrite or something like that. I'm not a Greek scholar or anything. It actually came from Greek theater. It was the actors who would swap out their masks and play different roles. So you get a, you get a picture of a person who is, who's putting on a mask to portray themselves as one role, but then... Next scene, they're putting on a different mask and playing another part. And what Jesus is doing here is when he says hypocrites, he's referencing Greek theater and he's saying, you put on a mask. You try to appear as if you're one thing, as if you're righteous because of what you're giving. You're sounding the trumpet. You're letting everybody see what you're giving. But the mask of what you're portraying yourself as is not what you actually are. It didn't expose the inner corruption, which was what? They were doing the right thing, but they were doing it for the wrong reason. And Jesus is explaining how dangerous it is to try to create an image, to cultivate an image of yourself that's different than what you actually are. How dangerous it is to portray yourself in a certain way towards others. And I sincerely believe, and I'll read this, Jesus calls out the religious leaders for carrying out external acts of righteousness that mask even from themselves their own inner corruption. That sometimes the masks we wear are so good that we fool ourselves into thinking that that's really who we are. And Jesus is saying, look, it is dangerous to create an image of how you want to portray yourself to other people. Come on now, you know where I'm going with this. That we create an image of who we are, that we put out an image of who we are for others to see. Talking about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, social media. Right? We put it out there every time we feature the best of us. Right? We, why do we put our, our best meals, the happiest times, the, the cuteness of our kids, 
if you have them. And, and everything that's a highlight, we snapshot by snapshot, we put together this highlight reel for others to see. That's why we do it. Because we want people to see it. If you didn't want people to see it, you wouldn't put it online. And how many times does it happen? So blessed to give to the uh, Salvation Army today. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. Hashtag better to give. So glad I got to donate $500 to that family in need. Such a blessing. I kid, right? But how many times do we put stuff forward? And this is modern day religious leaders. Come on. Right? We're not tossing coins into a little horn-shaped vessel in a synagogue for everybody to see. But man, can we put it online? Can we display it before the whole world at this point? People in Idaho can see what you're doing. Nobody even lives in Idaho. <laughs> right? But like they can see what's going on in your life. So, so when you think about this, and look, please know my heart. Because the most powerful statement is that last line. Don't give to be seen like the hypocrites so that they're praised by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. Come on, when the comments start to start rolling in, People start saying, oh my goodness, your heart is so amazing. You're such a good person. You are so amazing. Comment by comment, the praise of man starts to come in. And we need to look at that. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. That phrase speaks to a business transaction. That when a business transaction was completed, the per provider of goods or whatever it was, when they received the full payment, that transaction was closed. The 37 comments you get is all the reward that you get for that gift. Let that sink into you. The praise of man, if you're motivated to receive praise, if the reason you're giving is so that people notice what you're doing so you have that mask of righteousness that you're trying to show off something, portray an image of who you are. But the motivation behind it is for the praise of man. Then those 37 comments is all the reward that you get. Know my heart this morning. My heart is at every single one of us. Do not store up treasure here. And we're going to get there in a second. That we don't do it for the praise of man. That it decays that we get a, a momentary, literally a momentary reward. When you have an opportunity to store up in heaven, that it'll last forever. A reward. I want every one of us to walk in God's reward, not man's reward. Which is why Jesus says, when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your charitable giving will be in secret and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Come on, how many know 
that our two hands are pretty best friends. They're, they're, they like each other. They work together every day. You tie your shoe, they work together. Eat your meal, they work together. They're in close proximity. How can you do something with your right hand without your left hand knowing? Like maybe hide it behind your back. What is Jesus? It's hyperbole. It's the same thing that Jesus used when he said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It doesn't actually mean cut off your hand. But he's saying in the same way, this is how secret your giving should be between me and you. It should be so secret that you yourself, it should be hidden from you. Yes, I know that's impossible, right? But this is the hyperbole that he's using. Your giving should be so secret that nobody else should know about it. Before you post next time, before you do something where your heart is motivated for the praise man, think about why am I giving? Because I don't want a reward to be two seconds for you. I want it to last for eternity. Why am I giving? Second question. Where's my treasure? Verse 19 to 21. says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know, I, I, like I said before, Jesus talks about giving and then he also hits prayer and he hits fasting. You can tell we just skipped quite a few verses. But even in that section on prayer and that section on fasting, Jesus communicates the same point. If you do it for people to see, there is no reward in heaven that you receive. If man's praise is what you're for, if that's why you fast, if that's why you pray, if that's why you give, if man's praise is the reason you do those things, then you receive your full reward. And so coming into this verse, it actually made me look at it a lot differently. I mean, when I read it, all the way up until this point, the only application I took out of it was monetary. It was physical possessions, right? Do not store up for yourselves. Like I don't, and, and that's word store up. It actually speaks of a treasury, right? And so, so it's, that's not wrong. It's talking to physical things, but reading it within context and looking at another definition of that word as well, it, is, it could also mean the repository of your soul where things are collected on the inside of you. Your thoughts, your feelings, your, your, your um, aspirations and dreams. And, and now I, I see it in context and I say, if you're doing things to be seen by people, then that reward is all you're going to get. Let me keep going. Do not store up for yourselves here for treasures here on this earth. And it makes me go, wow. I think that's speaking more than to just money. It's speaking to storing up treasures here on this earth, momentary satisfaction. Receiving man's praise for a moment instead of God's reward forever. Don't store it up here because it decays. It erodes. 
It's going to disappear one day. But you can give with a motivation that will lead to a reward in heaven that is eternal. I, I remember hearing, uh, I, I actually can't recall where it was. It just came to my mind just now. But somebody was telling me the story. I don't know if it was just a sermon illustration or something like that, but you, you, know, you had the classic, I think it was an illustration because it was like that classic, almost like joke style, like some guy died and went to heaven was with Paul. Um, and so he's, he's in heaven and he sees you know, all of these people dressed in robes and, and they were walking around in heaven and they said, you know, that person must have been someone great. And, uh, and you know, Paul or whoever it was looked at him and said, yeah, you know, actually no. Nobody knew who that person was uh, on the earth. They, are, they actually were not very well known at all. See, that's how it works in heaven. That those who are unassuming, that's why Paul talks about the body of Christ and those parts that are unassuming. We give greater honor. I know some of you have been faithful. Some of you have felt overlooked, and some of you have felt discouraged. That you have been giving, and you've been doing it unto the Lord, and you're growing weary. Sometimes the the lack of appreciation can get to your heart. Can I tell you, great will be your reward. That everything that we do, we do unto the Lord and not for men. Let our motivation be to please God. The more people that don't notice, the better. Because you're not doing it for people, you're not doing it for their praise, you're doing it unto the Lord. And great will be your reward. That's something to get excited about this morning. My prayer is often, Lord, just help me disappear. There's a song by Casting Crowns, I think, that talks about legacy, and they don't, they don't care if, if, if they remember me, just Jesus. Man, that's such a great heart to have. Do not store up for yourselves treasures here on this earth. Store it up in heaven. I want to close with this, if the team can come up. So question number one, why am I giving? Question number two, where is my treasure? If you know why you're giving, you will know where your treasure is. If you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the motive in your heart for giving, you will know where your treasure is. Remember, God owns everything. It's already His. And we'll talk about stewardship in the coming weeks. We're to just be faithful with with what He's put in our hand. What the Master has given us to be faithful with, that's what we're called to handle and to be faithful with. Why am I giving? Where is my treasure? And who am I serving? Look at the closing verses here, verses 22 23, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body, so then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if that light 
that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Quickly, the, the bad eye in ancient times was referred to as the greedy eye, the materialistic eye. It's the eye that's blown back and forth by its desires and wants. But the clear eye was an eye that was unified in focus and undivided in loyalty. You know, just in worship a few weeks ago, the example of, of looking at your finger right in front of you. If you look at your finger in front of your face, do it right now and feel really awkward. If you look at your finger in front of your face, this is the perfect illustration of this. You look at the finger in front of your face, everything else is out of focus. You're unified in focus. You're undivided in loyalty. All you see is the finger before you. Now watch this. Look past the finger. Look at everything else. Now everything else is in focus, but the one thing that you were focusing on, the one thing you should be focused on, what is it doing now? It's out of focus. That when we get our eyes fixed on, on greed, on, on, on pursuit, corruption, when we get our eyes fixed on people knowing our name instead of Jesus, we become divided in loyalty. We begin to pursue after anything that comes our way. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we become unified in our focus, when finances, it do, it's not about you getting money. It's not about you getting status. It's, it's not about you fulfilling your own desires. It's not about being recognized. It's about God being recognized. It's about using your finances, using your wealth, what God has given you so that kingdom can advance. Because the fact of the matter is no one can serve two masters. This is what Jesus says. You'll either hate the one or love the other. You'll be devoted to one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth that phrase for wealth is mammon it's like this personified version of wealth if wealth became a being that's what that word means mammon it's a false idol so what am i saying what am i saying i'm not saying that god doesn't desire to bless his children he's a good father what i'm saying is when his kids care more about what he can give him instead of how they can serve Him, then we've lost the heart for God. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.